0: Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette, and lake charles providing personal and commercial banking treasury management and wealth solution services to help clients succeed business first bank banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com support also comes from wyndham garden lafayette
1: from Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor
2: of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. Acadiana is different from pretty much every other place in the world. It's even different from the rest of Louisiana. It's hard to know exactly where on the I-10 the difference begins but you know it when you see it, because it doesn't just feel different, which it does. It's not just because the people are nicer, which they are, but you know it when you see it because Acadiana looks different. Today, we're talking to two people who are responsible for creating and preserving buildings that give Acadiana a style that is uniquely entwined with our culture and lifestyle. Robert Daigle is the developer of the Village of River Ranch. That's a 320-acre traditional neighborhood development in Lafayette and the managing partner of sugar mill pond development company the developer of sugar mill pond a 500 acre traditional neighborhood <clears throat> development in youngsville robert welcomed out to lunch thanks glad to be here lj Geelin lives in crowley the rice capital of the world lj owns a restaurant the rice palace and he's part owner of a construction company lk bro and associates but what lj is probably best known for in crowley and in national historic restoration circles is the enormous amount of time, work, and capital he's put into restoring the Grand Opera House of the South. In the 39 years it was open, the Grand hosted a list of notables from Enrico Caruso to Babe Ruth and Clark Gable. After being closed for 69 years, L.J. has brought the Grand Opera House of the South back to life, and today the theater is back in business. L.J., welcome Out to Lunch. Peter, I'm glad to be here, thank cool. you. You know, LJ, Robert, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start by asking you both the very same question because you have something very interesting in common. Neither of you started out as property developers. Robert, you were a successful attorney. LJ, you were a successful businessman. Neither of you financially needed to dedicate your lives to the all-consuming task of developing property. And it really is a huge undertaking with an enormous number of moving parts, financial, political, legal, and logistical. And it can be an enormously stressful job. I'm wondering what it is that drives you. It, it can't be just money. Uh, what is it?
1: You know today it's, uh, it's, it's doing what I enjoy for a living. you know uh, I wake up every morning, even uh, today after I guess I've been developing now for 15, 16 years, but I, I wake up and I'm excited about the day and, and what I have going and uh, I, I didn't derive that level of uh, pleasure out of my previous profession to be honest with you as an attorney as an yeah. a, no as an attorney um, you know I had a litigation practice did a lot of uh, represented uh, people in the construction industry and the development industry so I learned a lot about what I do today from practicing law uh, but with the litigation practice you wake up every morning and you go fight with somebody all day long you know and <laughs> and uh, unless you've got this, this twisted uh, mentality, and as some of my very good friends do, who love it. Okay, uh, you know it's fine for a while, but it but it gets old.
2: And Robert, at the end of the day,
1: um,
2: there's something there that wasn't there before. That's got to be fulfilling, right? You know it it, it
1: is. And um, what I like to tell people is, uh, I spent 20 years practicing law, uh, basically uh, destroying things. You know, and and really, when you look at a litigation practice, that's what you do. You destroy relationships. Uh, You know, I did a lot of uh, partnership shareholder dispute litigation. And um, so I I spent most of my time destroying either a relationship, uh, a business, uh, sometimes people's lives who couldn't afford to litigate and couldn't afford uh, to lose anything in that process versus today. You know, today I get to create things. You know, it's uh, River Ranch was a blank chalkboard. You know, under like uh, uh, L.J.'s uh, challenge, you know, he he had something he had to work with, and you know, I got a I got a blank slate, so I got <laughs> to I got to draw what I wanted to draw and do what I want to do. And
2: um, well, so well, L.J., why did you do it? I mean, this was an enormous uh, enormous undertaking.
3: Well, many years ago in Crowley, we had an office. I, I was with in business with my brother. We had the convenience store, Shoprite, and tobacco. Okay, bus. sure. Big. My wife worked with me, and she worked with me for 20 years before I retired. And she watched the people tear down the railroad station in Crowley, because her desk had a big window in it, and she saw that railroad building destroyed. And she loves historical things. She loves old things. She uh, she kept telling me, "Do not let them tear that down." You can't let them tear it down. And this being the opera house. No. Or the
2: the railroad railroad station. station.
3: And I just sat there and I ignored her because old things meant nothing to me. And it really upset her. So when the time came for Dixie hardware to be sold, I never forgot what my wife told me about letting them destroy things. She loved restoring old things. Anyway. I said, well, I'm going to put that opera house back into business. I I had seen it in the early 70s, and it was beautiful. And then I forgot about it. But the building was up for sale again, and the city was supposed to buy it. Well, Mr. Olin Reynolds, who owned the building at the time, he wasn't going to sell it to the city because he did not want the store to close. And he also didn't want any of the employees to be terminated.
2: So it was an opera house early on, but it 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 had a lot of different roles between then and now, right? You mentioned a hardware store. It was a John Deere dealership, I think. Oh, Uh, yeah. It was a John Deere
3: dealership from uh, 1940, 1942 until John Deere moved out in 1975. Wow. Uh, No, it was a whole lot of things, but we had an opportunity to do something for the city, to do something for Louisiana, not just the city or Acadia Parish. And... uh, it was a passion that my wife had, passion I had. Now, do you do
2: everything your wife suggests? Because this one really worked out. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let
3: me tell you something. When you ever have a doubt and a question mark, ask a woman. <laughs> and, and, and they will send you in the right direction. <laughs> uh, she, the only thing she said is she wished we'd have done this 20 years earlier because it has been such a challenge, so much fun. Um, but we're, we're up in age now, and... Um, there's a reception hall downstairs, and we also work uh, the the events there. My daughter is the executive director, and uh, it's a challenge with our age.
2: Now, Robert, let me ask you, I, I'm very familiar with River Ranch, but um, I know less about the project in Youngsville. What were you thinking when you did that? That was kind of a rural area, I mean, yeah. at the time.
1: It, it was uh, 500 acres of sugarcane fields, basically. It... it uh, the Misunderstanding about smart growth development um, and the success of River Ranch is that these communities are only successful on, on the high end when you've got a, a no-brainer location that can't miss. So the rap on River Ranch was, yeah, it's really successful, but you know, Robert and them had a, a great site. They're at a great high-end price point. You can't do all these things at a more affordable price point, uh, which is absolutely untrue. And so I can try to convince other developers that they could do a smart growth mixed use community at a more affordable price point. And, and no one wanted to go in that direction. So in I think 2004, 2005, a group of landowners from Baton Rouge uh, who owned most of the uh, real estate in the Youngsville, Louisiana area came to me and said, we've got 2000 acres of land. We love what you do. Would you want to partner with us and develop it? And Robert, I would
2: use the term <coughs> called smart growth, which I hear uh, real estate folks, what does that mean?
1: You know, in, in my world, smart growth communities have certain characteristics that maybe conventional suburban developments don't. Uh, first and foremost, they're walkable. They pay attention to the pedestrian, either through sidewalk or pathway systems or whatever. Uh, secondly, they devote a certain percentage of the real estate to parks and common areas, which yeah. developers hate to give up because you can't sell them, all right? <laughs> yeah. uh, thirdly, they typically have an element of mixed use. It's not just residential, there's you know, various commercial uses. Like River well. Ranch, you've got, it, what, 2,500
2: people that live there, but another couple thousand that come in for other have, reasons. We uh, have
1: almost 3,000 people that work there during the day. So there's that mixed use component. And then uh, the other thing that smart growth communities have is a a wide variety of residential housing product. You know, most developers go and develop a neighborhood, same size lots, the houses that get built there are pretty much the same size homes. Many of them have restrictions that require you to build a certain size house, which we don't have. Um, Smart growth communities uh, develop every type of residential product there is from apartments to condominiums to attached townhomes to cottages, all the way up to massive estate homes. Uh, and the idea behind that is, is that, you know, people at different stages in their lives need something very different from a housing standpoint. Yeah. You know, people want to upsize when they when they start a family, they want to downsize when they're ready to retire. Because of the variety of housing product, you can do all of that in the same neighborhood.
2: Now, LG, I've got to ask you, where you are in Crowley, um, Back when the Opera House was the Opera House, they would say that people that were traveling by railroad around the south, would, that would be a, a big stop for them. Who's your market now? Do you see 30 minutes from Lafayette? Where do you think you can draw in from?
3: We draw from Lafayette, naturally. Right. Lafayette is a big arts community. They love the arts. Our venue is special since it was built so long ago and the acoustics are very, very good. It's a lot of wood, a lot of brick, a lot of stucco. Uh, it's old time construction. Yep. Uh, I mean, Acadiana Center for the Arts is also beautiful. However, we, we have a niche of the uh, ambience of the building. It just adds the flavor. You know, uh, I had a, a, an attorney from Lafayette, they were doing an opening of the court two years ago, not the one that we did a reception yesterday for him, but two years ago and he was saying, you could build this brand new and never have the same feel. I said, exactly, you cannot duplicate it. You know, and we're so fortunate that it was never torn down. Yeah. Uh, but we draw people from Lafayette. We draw them from Alexandria, Lake Charles. They, they do come from all over. Downstairs, we've taken the hardware store area and made it into a reception hall called La Grand Hall. And we've had people get married on the stage in the theater, come downstairs for wow. their reception we've had receptions downstairs from as few as 150 people to as many as 600. The legal limit is 700.
2: It's, a, it's an old facility. Are there are ghosts in there or anything like that?
3: I don't call them ghosts. <laughs> 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 They're spirits.
2: Spirits, okay. That, I'm feeling much <laughs> and, and, you better. Know,
3: and, and I never believed in all of that, but before we bought the building, right before we bought the building, some things happened. I actually saw a man one day, October of 2010, I actually saw him pass the case opening on the second floor, and I did not know why he was up there. I mean, it's just like I'm looking at you right Right. now, or I could look at Robert. He looked just, I mean, he was human, and he walked right past, but he never looked at me when I asked him what he was doing up there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so I go to the (laughs) case
3: opening, figuring he was trying to get out, and I told him there was no way out. I figured his hand was on the door that opened out to the balcony. Right. And I get to the case opening, and I'm looking at that door, and he's not there. So I move a little bit further out, (laughs) and he wasn't anywhere. I cased the whole second floor. So I went back to Kim's office. I would put the key in the dead boat. I was going to get something out of her office. I took the key out of the dead boat. I walked to the elevator. I went down. I turned the corner to go out. I said, it's all yours today. I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) And I walked out. I've never seen him since.
2: Wow. But I figured
3: after asking a few people... (laughs) Uh, it had to be that Mr. Olin Reynolds or Dave Lyons.
2: The gentleman who passed away there?
3: Dave Lyons. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't tell you, but Olin Reynolds, the man we bought it from, he passed away in the building also four years after we bought it. Oh. Makes his sense But his they're son hanging said around. his daddy never wore a hat except for straw hat to cut grass. So then I look, go look at Dave Lyons' pictures and I say, well, then it was Dave Lyons <laughs> who passed that, <laughs> that case over. <laughs> but we laugh, but uh, there's been things happening that people look at you and say, What was that? and I say, Oh, yeah. don't worry about <laughs> it. But,
2: <laughs> you now, know. Robert, let me ask you, I I was doing a lot of research on the second project in Youngsville and you know, I saw that amazing things are happening over there. You get a, a big new beautiful high school being built, uh, the growth rate for that particular area is is, you know, just far beyond any pla- place else. And then I began to think it was kind of a chicken and egg thing. At first I thought, you know, I, I think Uh, Robert has found the greatest place to put this development, but it's your development actually that's creating these numbers, right?
1: You know, to a large extent, yes. You know, uh, we've helped foster growth there and maybe help steer growth to a little smarter growth pattern than uh, what existed uh, previously. So, but but at the end of the day, it was still a, before we got there, it was a place that young families uh, wanted to move to, a little more affordable housing, um, very, very good public schools, which is a driver for a lot yeah. of uh, uh, housing decisions. Uh, but I think, you know, once we've got there, we've, we've changed the landscape, and it's it's
2: been a fun process. You could have ghosts or spirits live there. That would be one of the uh, merger idea here. <laughs> it's time to do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with uh, L.J., uh, you, what is your ideal length of time for a meeting, when you, when you hold a meeting?
3: The ideal length of time? Yeah. Is you have a meeting, and you have a purpose for the meeting. Okay. And whatever you discuss, most of the time you have to come up with a solution, or a path to take to get to that solution, and the perfect time is however long it takes to get to the conclusion. If you're going to look at time, it could last two minutes, or it could last for uh, two days
2: <laughs>
3: you know what i'm not continually but right you know it i mean it's just whatever time it takes for the meeting to solve the problem you have in the meeting because that's why you have meetings to discuss problems and agendas and things like that that you need to things you need to get taken care of but the length of time it, it's not by clock
2: okay it, but there's a beginning there's and by, end. There's
3: beginning and
2: the end wow. now robert um You've had a lot of success uh, there's no question about that and uh, and, you, and you're, you're doing something you love and such but what what keeps you up at night
1: in the early days it, it was it was the risk factor you know when uh, when you owe 10 million dollars in 2001 which we did <laughs> uh, and all prices dropped to eleven dollars a barrel oh boy okay all right. you know there's not a whole lot of sleep that, that's happening in that process. Uh, Today it's very different. Uh, Today what what prevents me from sleeping at night are the opportunities that that lie ahead of us. You know, we are, we're at a stage now where people from all over the state, and really even outside of the state, bring different deals to us. Man, Robert, I've got this piece of property here. Uh, We, as we speak, you know, we've talked about River Ranch and Sugar Mill Pond, but as we speak today, we've got 31 developments in different stages of development throughout the state of Louisiana. Wow! Not all of them are smart growth communities, and not all of them are the size of River Ranch and Sugar Mill Pond. But we have 31 developments going, and a lot of that is, you know, it has arisen out of people bringing us deals, and in some cases they're they're too good to pass up. Um, we turned we turned down deals today that I would have killed for 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, so what keeps me up today is you know, where where do we want to go tomorrow? You know, what opportunities that are out there uh, should we pursue, you know? And so the mind is always thinking about what's next and where do we go.
2: And Robert, when somebody presents you with an idea now, after you've done a few of these successfully, is there kind of like a checklist in your mind that allows you to cull through these?
1: Yeah, yeah, we we have, we have a, a, we call it a due diligence software, but it's a, It's a checklist that has grown from eight or ten items to today. It's probably, you know, a couple of hundred items (laughs) that that we consider as we go through the process. Everything from how difficult is it to get something entitled from a planning and zoning standpoint? What's the political landscape where we intend to go to, you know, what are the soils? What's the cost of, you know, of developing something which has a lot to do with soil conditions and other things like that? uh all the way up through um you know what is the market who we're going to be marketing to what is the price point so that at, at last glance that checklist was uh over 200 <laughs> items
2: <laughs> now both of you um have to deal with uh politics i would imagine when you were doing the opera house and such uh where you are i would imagine was everybody in support of what were you doing or did you get some naysayers Oh, a lot of naysayers. <laughs>
3: a lot of naysayers. But what we also did, when you're talking about dealing with politics, we were offered a state grant for a million one hundred and fifty thousand dollars through Mike Foster's administration. So this was back. for the arts. Okay. Okay. Yep. And what we ended up doing is, my wife and I and my four children, we donated the building to the ah, Opera House Association okay. that we started. We started the Grand Opera House of the South Incorporated. We applied for and got our 501c3 status. And then when we did that, we donated the building, we matched the state grant. And so we were dealing with politics the whole time after that. Office of Facility and Planning and uh, other state agencies, you know, the Attorney General's Office and all this other thing. But I will tell you this, when you're dealing with the arts, it's hard to make money with the arts so it's not a money-making proposition. But when you see the faces of the children, when they come to performances, especially during the school day, and these are performances for young children, and you, you watch them come down the, the stair after the performance, all excited, ready. They're dancing, they're singing. I mean, they, they just they just want to perform. You figure everything you have done is worth it. <laughs> everything you've done is worth it but I I, and I want an opportunity and but Robert and uh, Rodney Savoie okay gave a location and a building to the Community Foundation of Acadiana this was to, in Crowley or? in Lafayette in Lafayette okay it, it's it's on Camellia Boulevard I was on the Foundation Board of Directors for nine years and I was on the executive committee for Seven of those nine years, or six of those nine years, and what they're doing for the community of the eight parish area that the community foundation covers is it's it's remarkable. They gave us a facility that can be utilized for the growth of nonprofits for all of the areas and a and a revenue for people or an avenue to, for people to put their money in, and the people can self designate where they want it to go to other nonprofits. And it is something that they have done that really helps all of South Louisiana. And and then they need to be
1: commended
2: for that.
3: So that. you know?
2: You are well liked. <laughs> <laughs> Robert LJ, I started out today's show by saying how Acadiana is different in many ways, not just from towns and cities thousands of miles away, but also from neighbors that are a mere stone's throw away from, from us along I-10. I've spoken with property developers from all over, from New Orleans to New York, from guys in the slash and burn style of Donald Trump to others guided by socially conscious environmental concerns. But your conversation today has been unique. You both exemplify what is different about Acadiana. As property developers, you're doing business, well, I guess there's no other way to say it. You're, you're doing business Acadiana style. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me and Out to Lunch.
1: Enjoyed it. Thank you, Peter.
2: It was great to have Had you. Have a good time, Peter. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank
1: you, L.J. Enjoyed visiting with you, L.J. <laughs> Same there, Rob. <Robert. laughs> glad I got it's you good guys together. It's again. <laughs> it, it, it is. I got a uh... – what you didn't get into with this guy yeah. is the ShopRite. You were there 40 years? 40 years. Let me tell you. I shop- was co-owner. That's another story in and of itself. You know, today you got the raceways, the big yep, gorilla right. convenience stores that are running everybody else out of business. These guys are opening up right across the street from it. Okay. And doing well. I that mean, they, they, uh, they've got a phenomenal business going there. And my brother, he's, my brother still does well with it.
3: So he's you did that together,
2: with, you and your brother, right?
3: Uh, oh, yeah, we start. well, he started it a year later. I went in business with him when I got my degree, you know, and then we brought two cousins in with us. Yeah. And they moved from Mississippi to Lafayette, and then we just started growing the company. How many, how many stores
1: you, how many stores in the chain now?
3: Now, what John N has now, I don't know, we had 69 when I left. Yeah. Were they all in Louisiana?
1: Yeah. Wow. All over Louisiana. I think it's, it's more than that now, and, um, and I mean, a, a phenomenal success story.
3: So I so say it was, was
1: ShopRite and Tobacco Plus. Yeah. <laughs>
3: we also owned a grocery
1: wholesale, and we had a, a field distributorship.
2: Ah. So we I had I need a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a busy table. There's a So if I no. needed Dr Pepper and a lottery ticket that's where I should go. Absolutely I'm a go to ride right <laughs> if you didn't left yet.
3: If you come to Crowley, go to Rice Palace. Exit
1: 80. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the Rice Palace. He's got the winning ticket. So oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: He's not going to share that with me. My guests out to lunch today have been Robert Daigle, managing partner of River Ranch Development Company and Sugar Mill Pond Development Company, and L.J. Geelan, the developer of the Grand Opera House of the South in Crowley, Louisiana. You can find out more about ongoing developments in the world of Robert and L.J.'s by going to our websites, as krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Dominic Lloyd. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana. Zach Barker from the Opportunity Machine and Dr. Blake Escadet. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. If you want to know what we all look like, and uh, I think they should take some time and look at us here, you can find photos from the show on the website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen Oquin. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Launch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Khalis Saloon. Windham Garden Lafayette has 290 sleeping rooms, 14,000 square feet of meeting space that is used to accommodate groups from 10 to 500 for meetings, conferences, weddings, and high school reunions. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Rusciutti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Acadiana style on
0: Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette, and lake charles providing personal and commercial banking treasury management and wealth solution services to help clients succeed business first bank banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com support also comes from wyndham garden lafayette